Woo, all right. Thank you, thank you. I know I'm great. It's all right. I'm not proud at all. No. It's a blessing. It is an honor. I'm humbled. And all the guys will tell you that they get asked to preach. It's humbling to come up here and and someone to put trust that you'll bring the Word of God. So um, and I appreciate that. Brother Doug, uh, allowing me, trusting me to get up here. And, uh, and I appreciate you people coming. And uh, so... Um, you know, was asked me uh, what the title of my sermon was, and to be honest with you, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I have a lot of ideas. I had some things. You know, as a preacher, and and Doug will tell you about this. You know, they always want you to put everything. It's got a match, and it's kind of start with the same letter, and you want all this stuff. And sometimes I think we we kind of screw up the Bible because we try to get it in this nice literary kind of form. Uh, to make it sound good, and really, you know, the Bible just sometimes just needs to be preached and being spoken. And so I, I don't know. I, I came up with some ideas. I, I called, since we're in Texas, you know, back in the saddle again. That's, I thought about that. That's original, isn't it? I came up with that myself. Uh, one about losing your love for the Lord. Um, I know what I thought. Um, I, it came when we were in the car coming here. Uh, the song came on, and I thought about, hey, about... Uh, titled, I Don't Want to Be Who I Used to Be, you know, uh, maybe call it the God of Second Chances. I don't know, but um, but I, this is a, a sermon that's really um, helped me. Now, you know, I, I like about our church, is like I said, this is a messed up church, right? What messed up people? And, and brother, I fit right in. Sister, I'm, I'm here, man. This is my church, man, because in my family, because we, we've been messed up. You know, been messed up. And uh, so, you know, everybody has a testimony. Everybody uh, has been through something and, or, or how they've uh, had their Christian walk. And, and, you know, God uses all of that. God uses that person that got saved at eight years old and, and went through and saved themselves to marriage and they'd never drank or smoked or, and, and cussed or did anything of that stuff, you know. And, and they just, and God can use that testimony. You know, uh, just as much as you can use that guy was down in the gutter and drugs and, and, and a convict and he was, and she was out there running the streets and, uh, got saved and got right, you know, and God can use that. So there's all kinds of different testimonies that God uses. Well, my testimony, oh boy, <clears throat> My testimony was I, 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 I quit. I quit on God. I gave it up. Now, I kept going to church and it went through the motions, gave some money, but in my heart, I quit. I walked away from God and said, I had enough. Bad enough. So, so I can feel for this guy. His name is John Mark. John Mark. Now, maybe you've heard about him. Uh, uh, he's one of my favorite Bible characters. Or what John Mark's been through. By the way, this is a bad thing. Is there a clock anywhere that I can? You will be my clock. <laughs> okay, bro. <laughs> Where? 
Oh, yeah, that laser surgery helped out. I got, okay, there you go. And I see he just spun it forward a little bit, brother. Turn that back now, turn that back. All right, I'm joking. No, but um, I quit on the Lord in my heart. And, and so here's this guy, John Mark, who, who did the same thing. And, and it really speaks to me and helps me out. Now, maybe, you know, maybe you're like me, you, you've just gone through the motions and really in your heart, you've, you've quit on the Lord. You really have lost your love. You lost your desire. Um, maybe you're mad at God. I know I was mad at God. And uh, you just knew you had to do certain things because it was right. You probably thought he'd strike you with lightning, right? That's what I thought. Um, I better go to church or something bad's going to happen. So I just went to go because I knew I had to. But, um, you know, maybe, um, maybe you just really quit. You know, just stop going altogether. Stop going to church and stop reading and praying and just really communicate with God. Whatever your story is, you know, or maybe you might, and let me tell you this, maybe there's something down the road that's going to come across your path. It's going to rock your world. And I don't mean in a good way. It is, gonna, it is going to uh, strangle your faith. And it's going to take the life out of you. And, uh, and you might be faced with just throwing in the towel. And said, I've had enough of this Christianity. So maybe this will be a help to you if that time comes. But anyway, so it starts off, I want to look at this passage, we're going to jump, we're going to start in Acts 13, and I know I don't have any stuff, so it's in Acts chapter 13, verse 13, wow, what a good verse, right? 13, 13, this ought to be good here, 13, 13, Acts 13, 13, it says here, now when Paul and his company, now of course they're they're starting on that first missionary trip, and it says, hello, is it working? I didn't do nothing. Brother, the other day? Good. Yeah, amen. When he preached about Peter, remember they preached about Peter when he got out of the prison and all that stuff that happened? Remember that? See, you guys don't even remember. See, I remember, Pastor. Thank you, brother. And um, it says here in Acts chapter 12, verse 12, it talks about whenever the Apostle Peter gets loosed out of the jail, the miraculous jail escape there. In verse 12, it says, when he had come, when Peter had come, Uh, Consider the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, that's John Mark, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. And it says, as Peter knocked at the door at the gate, a damsel came to uh, to hearken, to hear and answer and name Rhoda. And when she knew it was Peter's voice, she she opened not the gate and she ran to go get people. So what happens is it starts off in John, I mean, Acts chapter 12, verse 12. I want to go back and kind of look at John and his life a little bit and kind of see what he had and what was going on and maybe see what, what made him walk away from the Lord like he did. Now, just some, just kind of get a background, and I, to me, I like this. It helps me make the Bible come alive. But kind of who this person is, you know, he had a he had a wealth. He was uh, from a wealthy family. It seems like, if uh, we understand Scripture, uh, you know, when it says there that this was his house and it had a gate. Now, you don't think much about that, like oh, a gate. But in Jerusalem, uh, to mean to have a gate means you have a courtyard. You see, and that's what that idea it is. And if you have a house with a courtyard, then you're living in a certain area of Jerusalem, which is the rich part. You know, the other, the, the, the lower income people, they lived in a part of Jerusalem with just all these houses stuck together. I was thinking, you ever seen Ben-Hur? You ever seen the movie Ben-Hur? 
You've seen that, have you seen that movie? You know, when they had that big open court, courtyard he had in the house, that's kind of how I think about John Mark's house. You know, he had, she, he, they came and he, Peter knocked at this gate and the, the lady went there. So it had to be a pretty big place if it has a courthouse and a gate. So it kind of indicates he's a little wealthy. Another thing it shows that he has a little wealth is that this says there's the, the lady, the damsel it calls, the, other call, the translations call it maiden. And the idea there is that it means a, a servant, a maid servant, and her name is a Greek name. So that means that more than likely she is, you know, there was someone in which they, they have, they're working for them. So not only did he have a big house, but now he, he's kind of, at this time, they had a servant and servants working for them. And you have to be uh, very wealthy back in this time to be able to afford servants and, and paying for their upkeep and all that. So, I mean, wow, think about the guy, he, he, he you know, he's like, hey, uh, I'll have uh, eggs Benedict today and some toast, you know, and serve him. I don't know. I mean, you know, I have to kind of think about this guy. I mean, he was a wealthy family he came from. Now, another thing that we understand about him is his name is John Mark. Now, John is Jewish, believe it or not, and Mark is Latin for Marcus. So he has a Jewish name and he has a Latin Roman name. So kind of maybe, we, we don't really know for sure what that is, but uh, we're, you know, it really in, uh, ties in, but we know that probably um, either his father was a Roman and his mother was Jewish, like I think T- Timothy was, right? And therefore uh, he had that surname or that because uh, they were wealthy enough to pay for their Roman citizenship, which, which cost a lot of money. And that means he was, a free, he was a free man like Paul was. And therefore he got a surname. We don't know one, one of this two was something like that. But, but he is wealthy enough that he has a Roman surname. He's a free man. His family is a free family. And so this guy's got some stuff going for him. A wealthy family coming from well, it's, I just think about, you know, you think about people who, who have all those things going for them, you know, I and mean, maybe that's you, maybe you got all these things going for you, man, maybe you had, you know, maybe your parents were in church, and maybe you got to go to church, and you're you know, a little kid, and you went to Sunday school, and, and maybe you had a lot of the wealthy family there, maybe you heard the, the idea there, maybe you had a lot of things going for you, but yet, you know, you quit on the Lord. You know, I, I didn't come from a wealthy family. I didn't come from all those things, you know. But still, there's no excuse. I think about John Mark, though. But he had so much going for him. I was like, well, I wonder why he, he did what he did. But, you know, going on, you know, the other thing he had, he had a wealthy heritage. Well, you think about um, where he was at. I mean, Peter knew that whenever he got out of jail, the per- place to go to was John Mark's house. You see, and it says there that there were many people gathered there. So uh, to me, I think that, that that is the place where the first church is meeting. It's John Mark's house that the, that the church is meeting at. Boy, I mean, that, that, that's pretty cool. You know, it's my house. You know, can you imagine him? Yeah, come on, everybody coming to the house. You know, preacher kids, they always, it's well, the preacher kids or the missionary kids or the evangelists, they always get the spotlight. Where are they? Oh, there they are, there they are. You know, they always get the spotlight. Put a spotlight down here on them. No, I won't do that. But, uh, you know, they always, it always seems like, they, you know, the kids that are there with them in the ministry and, and, and they always seem like, yeah, there's oh, everybody else's kids, they, you know, they're just as important, but some, for some reason they get the spotlight. I'm sure John Mark got the spotlight because, man, that first church was in his house. That's a pretty cool thing. 
Can you imagine all the people he rubbed elbows with? Man, what a wealthy heritage. I mean, who, I mean, all the apostles were there. There's a good chance that he met Lazarus and Mary and Martha. All these great people that, you know, that he got to rub elbows with and sit and talk to. Man, what a thing. I mean, can you imagine the heritage, the Christian heritage that he had? You know, we find out in, in, in uh, Colossians chapter 4 that Barnabas, you know, we heard about Barnabas. That, that's the guy who, who took uh, the Apostle Paul under his wing as really the mentor for Apostle Paul. And I think in a way, just like how God always used it, he was the guy that really the God used to shape and make Paul who he was with Barnabas. I mean, when no one else would take, uh, would take Paul, Barnabas came alongside, and no matter what anybody said, he, he took Paul and mentored him and helped him. And Barnabas, that is John Mark's uncle. That's his uncle. I mean, that great, I mean, that people look to, the man that, that uh, had all this land in Cyprus, and he, and he sold it and gave it all to the church, and people were just wowed at the, the spirituality of Barnabas, the man. And, you know, he's like, hey, that's my uncle. That's my uncle. Hey, Uncle Barnabas! That's my uncle over there. Hey, Uncle Barnabas! You know, it's thought that uh, later on uh, in one of the, one of the um, uh, epistles that the Apostle Peter wrote that he called John Mark, Marcus my son. And it's thought just like when, Timothy, uh, when Paul called Timothy my son in the faith, the idea there for, for Paul, the Apostle Peter to call John Mark my son is his spiritual son. So, so it either means that, that the Apostle Peter is the one that led John Mark to the Lord, or else he is the one that mentored John Mark and taught him uh, the things about Christianity. I mean, can you imagine that, having that kind of Christianity? The Apostle Peter is the one that, you know, man. Well, I, I, didn't have, I, had, a, I had a track. That's what led me to the Lord. A piece of paper. I sat down next to my bed at 12 years old. I didn't have nothing great and grand like that. Just a little track I read, you know. I mean, what's your your heritage? You got a good heritage? All these things in your life. Man, he had a great heritage. But yet he still threw it all away. I still threw it all away, but I don't have an excuse. Yeah, I didn't have some great man leaving the Lord and rubbing elbows with all these big wigs. But, well, I actually, I, I, I got a story for that. I'll, I'll tell you here in a second. But, you know, so he, he, had, he had a wealthy family, had a lot of things going for him, a great heritage, and he had, uh, I guess, great opportunities. You know, of John Mark, there, um, the idea that if, if he, um, he leaves shortly, we're going to find out he leaves shortly. Well, I mean, the, the opportunities he had. First, he saw all these things. I mean, he saw miracles. He saw people raised from the dead. He saw all these things as a young boy just happening all around him. And, and then in Acts chapter 12, verse 25, look what it says there. Verse 24, it says in twelve twenty-four, it says, But the word of God grew and multiplied, and Barnabas and, and Saul, which is going to be turned into Paul here in a little bit. They're going to change his name. That's Saul, Paul the apostle, returned from Jerusalem when they had fulfilled their ministry and took with them John, whose surname was Mark. So when they went back to Antioch, they said, Hey, hey, 
let, we see something in John Mark. Let's, let's, let's have him come with us to Antioch and, and all that. And man, can, can you imagine being chosen by, by Barnabas and Paul to come and work with him? Man, I just the opportunities that he had. And not only just accompany them to, to, um, to Antioch, but later on they, they choose them in Acts chapter 13 and verse 5. And it says, and they were at, um, when they went to Salamis and they preached the word of God, when they first went on their first missionary journey, it says they're in the synagogue, it says in verse 5, they also had John Mark to their minister. John Mark to help them and attend to them and, and minister to them. Man, what a thing to be asked and picked to be one of the very few guys that go on the first missionary journey with Paul and Barnabas. Man, this guy had so much opportunity. He saw so many things. And yet he, he quit on the Lord. Now, I, I don't know, you know, everybody's different in what, in what happens in, your, in their life. But I'll tell you what, what happened to me is that I had some, I thought, great men that I looked to, kind of like a Barnabas and a Saul, a, a Barnabas and a Paul there, and uh, come up in my life. And I, and I went to go be a, a minister to them. I went and under their wing, and I packed up my family. And the joke is, is that I, I, I told, I thought the Lord told me to move north, and my wife said, "No, He said get a horse." So north horse, kind of sound alike. That was the joke we always had. It's like that's now. I think it was. I think it was get a horse. I don't think it was going north. So we went to Connecticut, you know, and, and I was there, and with these, with these, with a Barnabas and a Saul. And that's what got me. Because I saw that they were just men. They were just humans. They had faults. They had sins. They had shortcomings. They had hypocrisy. They were just men. And uh, it really just... When I kind of saw all the things and and how they, they treated and how they were, you know... I just said, you know, I, I don't want to do this anymore. Now, can you imagine, John Mark, what, what it's like? I mean, there there is some humiliation. Um, can you imagine when John Mark, the Bible says there, we said in verse 13, chapter 13, verse 13, it says when he left, he, he returned and went back to Jerusalem. Can you imagine what that was like? I mean, can you imagine, John, Mark, brother, it's good to see you. Wow, must be hard out there. You lost all your hair. Man, the mission works tough. Wow. Wait, hey, where's Barnabas and Saul? Are they still down the boat? Boy, that must have been hard. No, I, I quit. Oh, you, are you sick? Something wrong? Nope. Just got tired of it. And so I thought to myself, man, why? What, what in the world would make a guy that had everything going for him quit on the Lord? And there's some few things that I, I just come to my mind, how I think of, of this. I think it's in, he had opposition you know, when opposition came, you know, the really first 
opposition. You know, remember, see, see him being a, a Roman and being a free man, which is a smart idea they had by, back then, I think, and that they had the church at John Mark's house, and John Mark and his family being free Romans means that that, that church had some protection, you see, because the, the Romans couldn't just come in and bust down the door to, to that the house. It's a smart thing to have the church in his house. And by the way, you know, the, the, the term uh, the used about many people gathered there, I mean, I mean that, that place must have been huge. I mean, it had about hundreds of people there, maybe thousands of people gathered in that courtyard of his house. All safe. But, you know, he, he met his first opposition. And when they got in the mission field there in verse 8, it talks about how the sorcerer came and, and persecution arose. And maybe that's what it was. Maybe when he, he got out there and he, and he saw what, what living the Christian life is really like. You know, that opposition, man, you go to work and there's someone there and there's, there's things going on and there's just the temptation, and there's bombardment and the world and the flesh and the devil are just on you all the time. You know, I mean, he had this kind of sheltered life, you know. That's one thing we, we, it was hard for us is when we had our kids in Christian school. I mean, I know the Christian school's not perfect. They still had the kids and all that, but, but there was this little bubble. And, and, and what happened was all the teachers that were uh, teaching in the Christian school, they all in this Christian bubble because they went to Christian school, they went to Christian college, and they went work for a Christian school and just stayed this little, and they never really got out in the world. And then the whole kind of, the church kind of we were in was all in this Christian bubble. And because and, that's all they ever did. They never got out in the world. None of those pastors ever had to work. They never got a secular job like, you know, working in a prison or working on an oil rig or working out there and bailing hay or something like that. I mean, out there really, you know, where sinners are. And man, when he, when he had that, maybe just, maybe it's like, Wow. I don't know if I can do this. Maybe it was his position. You know, because he was just what they call, it wasn't a minister like in a preacher. He was a minister as like attendant. That's what actually the word minister means, to serve. I mean, he was the guy that, uh, oh, hey, uh, Barnabas, you need, you need a glass of water? Oh, yeah, let me go get that for you. Let me get, I'm going to pump some water, get some water on a bucket. Okay, okay uh, what's, what's that, Paul? You need it. You want some, some more bread and fish. Can I thought, can't you break that and make it like you, Jesus did? No, okay, you need, all right, let me go to the market. I'll grab you some bread and fish. Boy, I thought he could do stuff like that. And, you know, he, and, uh, you know he's running around and uh, he got to wash Barnabas' underwear. I don't know what he did. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, isn't that terrible? I mean, he, I mean, he was their attendant. He ministered to them. They probably didn't get up there and get to preach and talk and all that. He was over there in kind of the shadow. Out of the spotlight. Doing all the work. You know. And I want to tell you, I want to say, I want to say up here, I want to say that all of our new life people who work and do and sacrifice, I want to tell you, I thank you for that. I really do. I appreciate that. I appreciate the ladies who watch kids. I almost said brats, but I didn't. Oh, I said it, didn't I? I'm sorry. I was joking. I, I had four of them. I'm, I'm teasing. But, you know, watch the kids. Come out here, you know, someone's got to come here and turn on the air conditioner, right? Someone's got to come down early, turn on the air, get the lights, turn on the heat. Someone's got to mow the lawn, someone's got to clean. See, I, I know what that's like because that, that was me. See, I, I was the church janitor at the churches I was at. That's what I did. I cleaned the church. I was the guy that mowed the lawn. I was the guy who was just 
over there out of the spotlight. I'm the guy who, you know, and I hate to, maybe I'm going to toot my horn, but I gave up a lot of time with my family and work and money to go teach at that seminary and be up there at nighttime instead of being, you know, work four jobs and then go teach at the seminary at night. And then when it came to graduation time, all those Barnabas and Saul are sitting around with a little chains around their neck and their robes and stuff and getting pictures of all the students and shaking hands and holding diplomas. And there I am sitting off to the side. You know, and they got all the spotlight. And those students wouldn't have been there at that seminary if it wasn't for people like me and a couple other guys that taught at night so they can make their money. I tell you, I got bitter. I got bitter. I mean, that's what happened to him. You know, maybe what, what where God chose for him to serve. Maybe where God's choosing for you to be. You don't like where God's chosen you. You kind of don't like the, what's kind of happened in your life. That's what happened to me. And maybe, um, maybe he just got broken by offenses. Now, think about this. Barnabas is from Cyprus. We know that. So that means John's family is from Cyprus. And Cyprus is where Barnabas felt led to go to to begin preaching and uh, doing the ministry, doing the, the mission work. And they all go. But see, what happens, we read in the scripture, how it used to be Barnabas and Saul, and Barnabas and Saul, and Barnabas and Paul. And the, and the way the New Testament is written, that when it changes that, and it be, changes that around, and begins to say Paul and Barnabas, and Paul and Barnabas, and Paul and his company. And there was a switch in leadership. And Paul became the leader. And Barnabas became second fiddle. And the first thing that Paul made decision to do is we're leaving Cyprus and we're going someplace else. And I think maybe John Mark took that personal, man. Hey, this is my hometown. This is, we, we came here because this is my family here. I got uncles and aunts and, and relatives here that need to hear the word of God. Why are we leaving already? Matter of fact, later on, Barnabas goes back to Cyprus when him and Paul split up. Barnabas goes back to Cyprus because, again, they felt the work wasn't done. And maybe that offended him. Maybe that got John Mark offended. Why, why are we leaving? Why are we following this guy? You know, maybe you don't like the decision sometimes leadership makes, you know? And leadership, we ain't, well, I'm not really, you know what I'm saying? We're, when I was in leadership, we're not perfect, right? We never said we were, you know? But, you know, maybe it's offenses that get you out of, out of the race. Something happens, it comes up. Get offended at this and offended at that and offended at the church and some of the people in the church and things happen. But you know what? And, and, and then if you watch out, your eyes get on men and women and people and sinners. And you forget you're not serving really them. You're serving a God. You're serving Jesus Christ, your Savior. That's who we're serving. And, and that's what I did. I, I got out, you know, I said, Lord, if you want me to serve these people for you, I don't want to do it. I'm, I don't want to serve these people. I got my eyes off the Lord. Now, I got I got to move. I don't want him to buzz me. When we preach him, we used to have a preaching thing. They used to have a cowbell, and they would ring it. Ding, 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 ding. I mean, you're done. That's it. Mid sentence. So, I don't know what you're going to do. I'm going to try to make. The, I'm going to try. To, okay, wrap this up. Um. So when you come back. 
You know, the thing is, is that within a few short years, you know what, John Mark, he got back his love. He, some, something happened. God got a hold of him. And he begins to um, try to serve the Lord and get back in there. And Acts chapter 15, and, and uh, just to kind of tell you what happened, so we don't have to really um, take time to read all this, but in Acts chapter 15, in verse 38, uh, there's a passage there that talks about how um, they're going to go on their second missionary journey, Paul and Barnabas, and Barnabas says, hey, let's take John Mark. Look at him, man. He's done pretty good. He came back, and man, he's, he's, he's working, and he's serving the Lord, and he's changed of heart. And Paul said, I ain't taking that fool. I ain't taking that quitter. He's a quitter. And quitters don't serve with me. And Barnabas said, come on, man, give the guy a chance. Give him some grace. I'm not going to have him walk off. He's just going to quit again, Barnabas. I don't want him. If you want him, you take him. And Barnabas said, are you serious? Are you you really going to be like that? You know, what about you? Whenever you, when people didn't want to be around you, they thought you were going to, you know, were a traitor and were a liar and a spy. Well, you know what? He's proved himself. You, Barnabas, I don't want him. If you're going to take him, then you, I'm going another way. The Bible says it was so sharp, the division between them, that they, they departed. And Barnabas took John Mark and went one way, and Paul took, I believe it was Silas, and he went someplace else. So, you know, when it comes back to, you know what? There's going to be, there might be some opposition there might be people who say, oh, man, you know what? That guy, he's such a hypocrite. I've heard him do this. I've heard him cuss. I've heard him say that. I've heard, I saw him get drunk once. You know? Maybe you've blown your testimony. And there's some opposition. you trying to get it back. Well, you know what? You can't stop. You can't stop. No matter what anybody says and no how people judge you and what people say, you cannot quit. You've got to face the opposition. You've got to face the judgment, the criticism, and get back in the fight. You know, the other thing he did, he endured the test of time. You know, that happened, let's see, he, he left in AD 49. He, the second missionary journey started in 52, so within three years he's trying to get back, get his testimony. Paul says, I don't want him. Within 10 years, by 62, Paul is writing about John Mark. Paul calls him a fellow laborer. That means a person who is equal to me in the ministry service. As the idea of two oxen who are yoked together, who are pulling together. Paul says, John Mark is a fellow laborer with me. I see him as an equal. John, um, um, Apostle Paul said in Second Timothy, which is the last book he wrote before he died, when he was the last time in prison, he would never see light of day again as a free man. What you laughing at? Okay, I thought I said something wrong. I might have. I'm trying to go back. But anyway, so um, Paul says to Luke, says, um, I mean to Timothy, he says, hey, Bring John Mark with you because he's profitable to me. He's a help to me. He's an encouragement to me. As I'm facing the axe and the end of my life, and I'm tempted to turn from God, deny the Lord, maybe to save my skin, bring John Mark because he's a help to me. He's an encouragement to me. Man, what a thing to say. The man who didn't want nothing to do with him, the man who said he's a, he's a quitter, he won't last, he won't be nothing, says, hey, bring him. He's a help to me.
And you know, of all the things about John Mark, about you can't quit, you gotta you gotta endure the test of time. But um, you know, you gotta let God do His work in you and through you. Whatever God wants, you know what? The past is the past, and what's happened has happened, and let it go. You know, and get back with God because I'll tell you what: God's not holding nothing against you. God's not holding a grudge against you. God's not holding a grudge against me. You know, I, I don't know. I, I didn't realize this until I studied. I mean, as a guy, I don't know, studying the Bible, but um, do you know John Mark? John Mark is the Mark. I mean, he's the guy that wrote the book of Mark. Obviously, God didn't hold anything against him to use him to write one of the Gospels. Man, what, what a privilege. God says, hey, all's forgiven. You're all right. So let God do His work through you and in you. Don't give up. So, that's John Mark. And he's been an inspiration to me to help me through what I've gone through. I hope he's a help to you and what maybe you've gone through and maybe what you might go through. Because... Uh, the devil and the world and the flesh are out there to get us. By the grace of God, we will endure. Amen. Let's pray. I thank you, Lord, for all you've done. Thank you, God, for your mercy that you are a God of second chances and third chances and fourth chances and fifth chances. The Bible says that you delight in mercy and you delight to have grace upon us. And I thank you, Lord, for that. Lord, I just pray that you'd bless our church and those that came today and the burdens that they, they bear and they carry. And God, that you'd help them and, and uh, give them grace and peace. And help us, Lord, to cast our burdens upon you. Uh, just help us, Lord, to be faithful. And if we fall, as the Bible says, rise up again and get on the path. Thank you, Lord, again for uh, your Son, Jesus Christ, who makes all this possible. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.